Welcome to Upstage Downstage, with him, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And him, Stephen Reed, typically seated in the cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked, and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat, and and let's raise raise that curtain. On today's episode, we'll be discussing Spy Monkeys, The Frogs. We saw this production at Royal and Derngate, Northampton on the 3rd of February 2024. Spy Monkeys' tragically funny attempt to pull off Aristophanes' classic comedy written by Carl Grouse and Spy Monkey, The Frogs, is a result of a long-term development process between the company and Royal and Derngate, directed by Joyce Henderson and designed by Lucy Bradridge, with original music by Toby Park. So Richard, what's it all about? Spy Monkeys Toby Park and Aetobasauri are at the end of the road. The other Spy Monkeys have taken themselves off to a better place and they're about to call it a day. To their rescue rides mega-rich philanthropist Patty Getty and her theatrically ambitious niece Pamela with an offer they can't refuse. But does this beleaguered comedy duo have what it takes to perform the classic Greek comedy The Frogs at Patty's legendary amphitheatre in Hollywood? But first, our post-show opinion! A riveting retelling of a Greek comedy. This ambitious amphibious act gets my applause. So with all that said, let's set, set the scene. Right, Richard, set the scene. Well, I think this episode deserves us to not just talk about what was in the auditorium, but what happens when we get through the first door oh, into yes. oh, yeah, the Royal Indingate. Yes. What can we say, but it was, it like was a, a little perplexing. Yeah, it was like an annex on top of a theatre at the very front, but a modern day. With a maze of stairs. Architecture. It's like the insides of a new Doctor Who TARDIS. Like, we've got a ticket scanned at the front with a lot of security, up some f- probably one flight of stairs, then up another flight of stairs to go missing, down a set of missing stairs. Missing the box office. Yeah, so we couldn't go the to left, the box office. Selling the programmes. Yeah. So the three people, three... Staff members sat behind there, probably twiddling their thumbs. Yeah, and then we had to go up some stairs to down some stairs, then round some stairs, and by the Over time there, stairs. We, and then we we eventually got to the the outside of the the theatre and near the bar area. But it was it was a little bit of a journey. It was definitely a bit of a journey. It was a funny kind of theatre, but I think it. I mean, as we, as we know, it's a, a a new structure in front of an old one. Well, built or round the back and, yeah. around it. Yeah. Um, however. At the end of it, we did walk around it on the outside, and it's quite a nice place, isn't it? Yeah, it is very, yeah, definitely. You wouldn't normally think to go there, but it was quite a nice um, place. What the bits we saw, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Especially in the dark with the lights on. Yeah. That would like it. Well. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) Not always with the lights on, but still. No, okay, so we went into the... um, Oh, you're being serious now. Oh, I just wanted to bring it back. to it, then. Go on, then, I'll drink my tea. So, as we walked into the theatre, which was within this building... The um, surrounded with concrete, really. Well, you're setting the scene wonderfully now. Oh, no, I've like, got really like starting well. You're making it sound like we're in a bunker surrounded by concrete. Well, it was weird going into a theatre inside a building, inside a building. It was a bit like, you know, we were going into another area. Mm. Because it felt like you went back in time through this concrete door, really, because all of a sudden you're back into like 
a very Victorian music hall. Well, even going to the toilets, you went through a plethora of doors. Yeah. Uh, trotted into the actual auditorium when the actors were warming up. Yeah. Where the toilets. <laughs> and they all seemed to... I, I don't know what it is about Northampton or the toilets in particular, but they were like... They came up to your kneecaps. Yeah, well, you know... Your urinals that come up to your kneecaps and no higher. It's like, should I be on my knees in the bathroom or is that going to give people the wrong impression in Northampton? I'm well, not quite sure. I'm well, not quite sure. Uh, we've yet to find out. It's the first attempt. Yeah, so I don't think we went into the child's toilets. But anyway. <laughs> I can't keep that in. Or maybe I can. I don't know. People might find it funny. So anyway, we went into the auditorium by, eventually, by oh, the time we found it. This podcast is, what, clocking on for about 10 minutes now. And Come we took on. our seats. Yeah. And on the stage was really, the it was a bare stage with a staircase. Bare stage with stuff on it. Best stage with uh, yeah, there was just no no f- nothing flown. There was no scenery. There was nothing up in the in the fly tower. Really, it was literally just a staircase, a revolving platform, and um, a staircase a, that went up and over yeah. a wardrobe, which would eventually move. That's yes. on wheels. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. And that was it. Really, there wasn't really a lot more on stage. You could tell was there was props around. Up on yeah, the top left. Yeah, and there was there was obviously. Prop boxes and props underneath the staircase, very similar to when we saw um, Pride and Prejudice, sort of, where yeah. everything was hung and, and and located around the staircases. It was very well hung, wasn't it? These frogs it, were very well it hung. It was. You did comment. Pardon? You did comment how hung it was. Yeah, it was very well hung. I was impressed. Yeah. <laughs> and and suppose, really, everything was just a neutral wood or stone colour. There was nothing... Nothing really to give away that there was actually all of the um, staircases and the and panels were all were all LED lit underneath. To, to, it was all well concealed, really. Mm-hmm. And that was it, really. Yep. And then we get into the story of it, where um, all three of them came in and they were wearing these fluorescent like mats, which I suppose resemble frogs. Good, they good. Started. They were actually better quality ponchos than you'd have at Alton Towers. They were the ones that would probably stop the rain rather than, you know, not do anything. Yeah, they wouldn't get you wet. No. <laughs> Shall I reword that? Do you I mean know. you wouldn't get wet wearing them? You wouldn't get moist where you wouldn't get wet. Oh, we're getting moist in there now. <laughs> you wouldn't get dampness creeping up into your kneecaps if you went. No, I don't know. Look, just shut up, Stephen. So, yeah, they came in and they were like stood about for a couple of seconds, like wondering what to do. So everyone was paying attention to them and then they started singing. Well, they went up the stairs and started singing a certain song. It, was, it is actually a song, isn't it? Yes. Is, is it an original or is it a Gilbert and Sullivan thing that they added to it? I can't I think. I think they were all originally written an, for this. That for The first one wasn't. It was like a, it was like a limerick about being a frog. So to set up, I'll just read a bit from Wikipedia about what the frogs is. And it tells the story of the god Dionysus, who, despairing of the state of Athens's Tridians, travels to Hades, the underworld, to bring the playwright Euripides back from the dead. Euripides had died the year before in 406 BC. He brings along his slave, Xanthius, who is smarter and braver than Dionysus. As the play opens, Xanthius and Dion- Dionysus... <coughs> Bear with. 
argue over what kind of jokes Zianseus can use to open the play. For the first half of the play, Zianseus routinely makes critical errors, forcing Zianseus to improve, improvise in order to protect his master and prevent Zianseus from looking incompetent. But this only allows Zianseus to continue to make mistakes with no consequences. To find a reliable path to Hades, Zianseus seeks advice from his half-brother Heracles, who had been there before in order to retrieve the hell hound Cerberus. Dionysius shows up at his doorstep dressed in a lion hide and carrying a club. Heracles, upon seeing the effeminate Dionysus dressed up like himself, can't help laughing. When Dionysus asks which road is the quickest to get to Hades, Heracles tells him that he can hang himself, drink poison or jump off a tower. Dionysius opts for the longer journey which Heracles himself had taken across a lake. And that's how it pretty much starts. <laughs> and there we go. Yeah, so um, I quite like Greek tragedies, but I can never get the names right. Pretty tragic, really, Apart isn't it? Euripide, well... In yes, a comedic way. So. <clears throat> yes, funny that. Is it really? Yes. Now, if you're aware of the actual script, The Frogs, what was performed was pretty much very similar or very close to the actual play as as it should be yeah i suppose they um they break it down in the in the aspects of certain parts of the script they sort of jump through because they would have been long laborious speeches and things like that so they abridge some things to speed the plot along really and with interjected with a bit of comedy and a bit of humor interacting with the audience do you remember how they did that on one particular scene at the very beginning when they Fast forwarded one of the, the yeah. So they um, they use the revolve really cleverly, really, because um, it's Heracles' speech, and Heracles has been spun round on this revolve. And every time Heracles came past, you heard a little bit of a segment of the speech, and then it faded away as Heracles was going round in circles. So it gave you the fast forwarding, almost like of a cassette or a, a vinyl being sped forward, and then yeah. you you were transported to the next scene quickly, rather than it taking probably half an hour for that one speech you know and whilst they were doing that they had the characters of the slave Zianseus and Dionysus they're starting up their double act because yes. this is exactly what this play is known for it's the journey Comited, of the duo isn't it really yeah it's commented as being like the first double act um to exist yeah uh, between these two so if we just move along and in, instead of describing to the viewers uh, sorry <laughs> the listeners as to what the play is about. Our listening viewers. Our listening viewers. So this was directed by... Directed by Joyce Henderson. Oh, that's right, from Complicity. This was quite a fast-paced... Well, not necessarily fast-paced in terms of the Complicity thing we saw. Yeah, um, exactly. Kill the bones over the dead of the bodies or whatever. Drive the bones that's over the Drive over the... Yeah. Drive the bones of the dead of the body. Drive, drive your wagon. Drive your wagon over the, over the bones of the, of the dead. dead. Nah, drive your plow into the bones of the dead. Yeah. No, that wasn't Over. either. Anyway, anyway, anyway um, I'm sure it was episode 50, I think. I forgot where I was going on that tangent then. Oh, yeah, so um, whilst it wasn't as quick, it, it did move the story along. Because no doubt this was a plodding, um, you know, three-hour, four-hour play. We've probably with, uh, probably 100 in the cast, you know. Oh, so it's it's well, going to have a, it's gonna be a big, big production, you know. It, it did stick to um, the original text somewhat, which I've already said. They had 
they had the local talent coming in to be the extra frogs because there was a frog yep. dancing scene which they tap danced in in their glowing max and they added a lot of atmosphere and yep. just fun and jollity to that particular scene but we did follow both of those stand-ups well Dionysus and Zancia along their journey to the underworld yeah and I suppose it was directed in such a way where they always kept their characters and Jacoba was doing all the other interactive characters that they interacted with. So every other main character they interacted with, she did those extra. Yes, I'm not quite I can't remember what she who she started out as other than herself or just a frog. And then then Heracles. Well she claimed she came out as Heracles as this muscled man in like a lion's mane. Yeah. And uh, that got an awful lot of comedy uh, due to the exposure of her face. Well when she became skinless when when she actually Give the uh, gave well, the, the, the the line of yeah. lion skin. She she was there was a more there was more revealing things underneath the lion skin than we thought we expected. Yes, and the Stephen got an eyeful. Well, we were on the front row. <laughs> Don't make me out to be kind of like anyway. Moving on, and it was plastic. Yeah, it was plastic. Yeah, just to add, yeah, and it was it was uh, quite lifelike. It was it was wobbling about. <laughs> How up close and personal? Do you know what? <laughs> I think as well, for me, from a directorial perspective, things like that, those comedy slapstick moments of, you know, a little bit of unexpected nudity, even if it was plastic, it was just done so cleverly that you didn't expect it when she first walked out. Well, I did, because I saw the ball bag bobbing about. Yeah, but well, there was, was other things row. happening. There was a lot of distractions happening that you wouldn't necessarily pay attention to that unless you were focusing on that area, you know. Shade. That was a bit of a dig there. Well, I was, what looking, can I looking, say? I was looking at everything, and I was on the front row. There was not, there wasn't anywhere else to look. There was only really? people on stage. If that's what you want to say, yeah. Okay. Moving on. It got a good laugh though. I think. I think it was. I think this is showed a lot of of confidence in each of those comedic pieces that they clearly practiced those moments you know you couldn't because you can't pull slapstick off or silly moments if you don't rehearse them and and prepare for them they're not you you know it's not something to just you know play at really playing at a prosthetic penis is that where you're going with this i am well you can take it where you want a plastic prosthetic prosthetic penis prosecco prosecco Anyway, don't drink from that. Don't even know her. (laughs) So, yes, we followed the lives of these two people. And Jacoba, as you say, played all these other characters, including like the the maids and and other kind of um, creatures and people. And Pluto. And Pluto, yeah. Anyway, um, the three of them made up a good trio. Yes, definitely. Of um, well-established, not just um, the confidence in the performance, but also the... um, the improvisation of everything yeah. that that went along it, um, and there was a part where they split between scenes that went a bit surreal, where they were talking about the whole company and the loss of a company member. Well, two of them. So you were then thrown into a storyline, like another, like a B plot, where it was about the actual actors having to move on and try to come to terms with what's happened as well. So it wasn't just about them performing the stage play of the frogs, but also about Spy Monkey's theatre company in general. And like uh, just humour about um, what Peter Brooks uh, mentioned in his play, which they, they said about sipping between um, two scenes. 
And I think you just had an, a glimpse into their world and who they are because we've never, well, I certainly haven't heard of the Spy Monkeys at all. I hadn't, I had no idea no, who neither. they were. So coming to this as a fresh audience member, it felt a little closed off as if it's they're talking to the to the regulars who know them. Yeah, it felt almost indulgent for their own Very world. That it took it took a, a little it took a while before you realised actually. Okay, so they're doing a bit of a retrospective look on their careers as a as a team rather yeah. than a duo uh, but they're using it as a way to explore the passing of one of their members and um and the natural changes in their group so in a way they turn the frog's story into a look on what they've been going through and a way to bring somebody back you know it's, it's also a way of yeah. them keeping going as well yeah which was um i mean after seeing the play and thinking about it it was quite a nice nod for them to do. Yeah, totally. However, it also alienates new people, but yet at the same time, it also makes you research them. I suppose it's quite clever yeah. how they've made the audience do the work to research who they are if they didn't know them at all. Yeah, I agree and, with that. And you also sort of feel like you've missed out on all these other shows yeah. where it was the original four as well. Yeah, and you, you know, it's you know, for me, I mean, it was pure flute that we found out about this production but normally i've got companies like this on my radar and this one wasn't and i think like you say you want to you want to find out more now and if i see another production i would be intrigued about going to see it or you know wanting to see what else they did with something else you know i think it's because they they're an international comedy and physical theater company and i think that's probably why it's not on our radar because it goes down that whole style of acting which goes towards like the, the clownish and it is yeah. the slapstick. I suppose this is why this is marked as being vaudevillian as well. However, even though we know bits about that, this seems to be a very different sort of a thing. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, looking at some of the achievements of the group, I mean, they've been involved in uh, Cirque du Soleil and things like that. So you, you yeah. can see that, that they may have been doing things within other groups well, without were, and you wouldn't necessarily know that they'd got their own group because you'd just see them as the characters within within those bigger productions in some ways and and the the key core of them after having um, researched them all trained with the uh, French master clown uh, Philippe Gaulier I yeah. assume that's how you pronounce his name so there's a lot of history there there's a lot yeah totally. of education and 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 um, I don't just just mean education in like a a layman's turn, but the stage craft, yeah, exactly, and the whole way of moving on stage, and I think that's probably where the whole Peter Book came from, who was another yeah. visionary master yeah. in himself. I think it was it, there was a lot of things where I suppose the way you could describe it is, if you've seen Bister Bean on TV, a lot of things were done in in the silent moments, there'd be a reaction or a look to the audience where you'd, words weren't needed. There was other things happening on stage and and you'd have a few moments where you'd be laughing at something just by a raise of an eyebrow or a look at the right point in the production that you don't, you, you'd filled the gap in yourself, you know, and I think that, that shows, as you say, stagecraft. It's those, those quiet moments, those, those, it's sort of mime moments, isn't it? It's well, that's like... where it comes from. I think that's where you mostly see that kind of acting in in pantos as well, because it's a whole the pantomime day, nudge, the nudge, whole, wink, wink, the, 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 the miming, yeah. 
and the slapstick. And I think a lot of that does stem from the same sort yeah. of um, acting style. Yeah, or definitely. Or source of, you know. So it was quite interesting to see a, a new production company that does something completely different and wacky. Yeah. And, I mean, when you first said about coming to see the frog, I thought, what the heck's this about? Yeah, exactly. The frog, do we get free Freddos when we walk in? What What is, what the heck is this? I had no idea. I mean, even though I love Greek mythology and, and, yeah. and stuff like that, and I knew about Euripides and, and Aristotle and, and so on and so forth, I didn't know that there was actually a play called The Frogs. Frogs I wasn't yeah. that because well it sounds a little bit far fetched for being a Greek yeah, production you don't in a way. Expect it, do you? Yeah, you expect it to have something quite a serious name rather than The Frogs. You know, it's... so without touching, go too far into the whole uh, writing because I think the adaptation was it was it was good because we've got nothing to compare it to. Let's no, not, not we've at not, all. We've not seen it done no. classically. Obviously, we're not that old. And we've not seen it done in a different style and we don't know anything about it. So no. we've got nothing to compare it to. However, researching it and knowing what the plot points were and what the story was about, it, I think it's fair to say that they stuck pretty much to the plot. Yeah, exactly. To the story. Yeah. Yeah, a few things might have been yeah. taken out um, just to manage for the three core cast. Yeah. But I don't, I don't feel like I've missed anything. I still no. feel like I understand the plot and the story mm. of the, the, you know, the key points of the the actual production itself as a Greek yes. play. And e- even the whole ending of it, you can understand why Ata Basuri kept referencing how it was. He didn't like the ending yeah. because, in a way, how it was written, there was no ending. Exactly. Such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just because even in the end, it was about these two playwrights, Euripides and Aeschylus. It's about who could have the best chair at Pluto's table for the best uh, poet of Greek tragedy. So it was a, a toss-up between who was the best playwright, really. So it, there wasn't much of an ending, but you, you could see the reference that they try to make light of the fact that it just ends sort of how it does. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, in a way, it's more about the journey and the trials and tribulations of that journey rather than the actual ending. And that's probably where this, you know this goes it's it's almost a teacher that actually no one's right or wrong you know everybody can have well, a voice in a way yes, you know yes although so i think i think um some scholars say that it's about um when you've got the old ways of doing things and the new ways of doing things the play's about the old ways the best yeah and i think that's what it's trying to come through in terms of the writing styles yeah if we just move along to the direction of it yeah. now um as we said, that it was quite um, fast and pacey when it needed to be, but there was a, a good use of the space, especially yeah, the, really the, um, the revolve, which was just this um, round, circular thing that was about about twelve inches. Yeah, up it, was, the floor. yeah it was good. It was about four the floor. Yeah, and just. Um, Moved around and they used that a lot to walk. Yeah. Um, if they were walking miles, they'd be just walking and then overtaking each other as if someone's tired. And you know, it, it just got a lot of use, which was it, yeah, really good was, to see. Yeah, and it was little things like very as, inventive, you and know, clever as well. Like there was one little moment that really shows that when they were walking through the land of the dead bodies, and and it was literally just done by putting statue wooden statues of of people. And they were walking over them and through them, and then as they came round, they were being taken off again. So you felt like you'd gone to a different place just by purely having a revolve 
with statues being put on it and you're walking around a different area and and then they'd, they'd use the um they'd use the steps with the platform at the top to almost feel like climbing a mountain and climbing back down and you know it, it was it was that worked really well where you felt like you were traveling and using the whole stage to actually travel around move around and you know yeah when when um she did that jacoba did that she put these little like um models uh, uh, they're like uh, the, the sculptors painters yeah. little painters sculptors mo- yeah, yeah. The models they put them on uh, she put them on um it reminded me of how they did the lanterns yeah in south pacific yeah exactly that and how each time yeah. they just put bits on so once they did like a a couple of rotations around she yeah they took, you say, them took, took them off again um, so that was quite uh, quite interesting, and the whole use of the the, the bags, these yeah. huge. Whilst everyone, everything else seemed to be in fitting, and then there were, oh, I suppose it's costumes and whatever. But the bags, they were those um, typical, um, Pl- hes- like hesitant hes- plastic laundry paint, bags, laundry. almost the things that you take yeah. to a laundry, like a, a, a laundry room or whatever, you know, yeah, full of rectangle sort of uh, plastic. Huge that looked like bags. fake tartan in like you know yeah yeah they were there but the thing is with those bags nothing you never really saw anything in they were just there as seats or no well no yeah carry. i mean suppose that's light. what i was going to say is there was actually a um either a foam block inside them that made them look very mm. light but actually you could sit on them yeah and it was quite clever because they became the seats rather they didn't bring anything else on to sit on apart from those when they needed it you mm. know yeah and the use of the wardrobe was quite clever yes. as well because we just assumed it was a wardrobe as an entrance and exit to go under the stage, but then that got moved and turned around to be spy the office. office. Yeah, yeah, for the spy monkey's office in the um, the B plot. Yeah, the B plot. Yeah, really about about them coming to do the show. Yeah, and it I got all their posters of past productions, the little nod to all Steven, the members of the, it and all the people in the in yes. the group before you know people maybe not around anymore but it, it was it was a nice little nod really and it was quite clever how Ato set up the fact that he wanted to do several things on on a list of what yes. he wanted to achieve on on a stage yeah and bit by bit he started to just tick them all off yeah. like he'd play the um, a musical instrument or he'd tap dance or he'd retell um a post um, um world war Two american sort of um scene and then he did streetcar named desire yeah, yeah. later on and there was, there was a lot of things that he managed to do which were quite clever throughout the play and i think there was other little things that were really cleverly directed where like when they dropped the contract in from the ceiling mm. you know those moments are really clever where they just <laughs> it was simply on a bit of rope dropped from the ceiling a contract on a clipboard and it just they they just position themselves right so this contract just appeared from above and that takes timing that takes like effort to make sure that they're in the right place at the right time for that to happen and it seems seamless and to add to that they were thrown a pen from the side to yeah. sign it it was thrown in for a toast to sign it and whilst yeah. he grabbed it he um, actually he missed, missed it yeah it missed and it went up his sleeve and it was like that's part of the magic, and and that referenced another thing that I said that was on his list of what he'd wanted to do was to perform magic on stage. Uh, yeah, and he was wanted to uh, get that in, and also they were quite clever in using the third or fourth member who was in Las Vegas. 
of the spy monkeys, spy monkeys, as um, an audio reference, as if yes. she's um, there giving them ideas to take this um, yeah. Jacoba on to to do this play, which actually researching them links back to one of the times where they first went to Las Vegas and was offered some money to do a production there. And I mean, just reading, you know, why they picked the frogs, and it's very obvious that they they did it because it was actually, um, they draw on the specifics of the performers, so that, you know, it was definitely aimed at being a retrospect, which makes sense now when you reflect on it after you've seen it. Mm. You know, so from from that, when you look at the directing of it, you can see why they did the the bits they did within the production, you know, to 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 get to where it was as that sort of production. Yeah. Whilst saying that, though, when you were watching it, there was an obvious dip in tone yes. and in atmosphere when they went to the B plot, which was basically Spy Monkeys in an office talking about yeah. their history. Yeah. Exactly. It did seem, and to it didn't feel like it was just us that felt that. I felt like the rest. Yeah, in the room. Of the room. Shout out to Joyce Henderson for directing this and getting the group form this play in the way it was done because I felt it was very fresh and yeah, uh, very new. It was exciting and entertaining, but not over the top. It was one of those like it was an underdog that yeah. you just knew it was going to do really well given time. Yeah, and you could tell it was in safe hands on stage. You know, even if there was a little moment of bad libbing or whatever happened, they'd were straight back on task. So they knew the production inside mm. out. You know, they knew where they'd got to go and what they were doing. So it, that's where Joyce would make sure that they had a tight ship so they knew what was happening. Moving on to our next segment as we say we're here, here for, for the, the drama. drama. I'm guessing this is the first time that the original cast of Spy Monkeys have worked with Jacoba Williams together is in this trio. And to be honest, it felt like they've worked together for a while. Everything seemed like they'd known each other longer than this. And I think that was quite key for making this production work in the way it did. I mean, she said that she was doing a monologue, which again broke it up. Yeah, like a, a, TED Talk. A TED Talk like the C plot where she was given the information out about about the company and her point of view as to how she's joined them and what's going on. And whilst that was quite good and funny in in that, um, it it was nice to see them all interact and and get the point across in a very funny way without it being in any way awkward. Yeah, and I didn't feel anybody upstaged anybody. It was they all played their solid parts. And as much as it's like... You, you could look at that and think, well, you know, does that mean they're not performing? No, they were performing to their best and, and each of them let each other shine where it was necessary and I think that was important with this because there's only three core members of the production. You know, you've got this community cast, but this is a, a three-hander really, you know. And yeah, and I think when you see someone go off um, piece, off, off script or, or they improvise, it's how the others react to know if they're in, if they're comfortable with that. And you could see that they all were. Yeah. And also, there was moments where they might have gone up script or they might have just struggled to say a word. I mean, let's face it, everybody does that. If you, well, if you we just can't, do. yeah, we do. And, and I mean, it's the, it happens, but they didn't giggle and laugh about it and turn it into something silly. Well, they just was... re delivered it to make sure it hit the joke rather than yeah, no, giggle about there it. There was or... one specific scene which was near the end where Toby was in like that plastic tubing yeah. and, 
at all was he was sitting on the stairs and Jacoba was on the top of the, the platform and it was just one particular word that he just couldn't he just, he just, couldn't, he just yeah. literally couldn't get it out yeah right and they just ad-libbed a bit around there but they didn't break their characters and they didn't they, they might have raised the, the eyebrow to the audience but it I wasn't say, enough. A bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Exactly. So I can't even get my words. A little bit. A little bit. A bit. But yeah, I think that's um, that's important because when you're doing comedy, if you start laughing, it's not funny to an audience. It's like, but if you're doing nudging a nod or a wink, that's funny because we're with you. You know, we know that you've got to try and get the words out or something. You know. I think because of the nature of this play, anyway. They could get away with it. Yeah, of course. This isn't like how Pinto or something no, like not that. No, not at all. This is something where they do have a side to the audience members. They were. They break the fourth joking. wall, basically. Yeah, you know, they, 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 but they did it right. It, it's easy to, to what you you felt welcomed into their humour rather than point laugh. It wasn't and was none of that. It was more we're welcome into their space. That's what I felt. You know. Mm. Now, should we talk about the costumes and the props? Yeah, there was quite a lot of costumes going on here. There was a lot of costumeology going on, mostly down to Jacoba Williams. Yeah, wearing just everything. She had many changes. She literally she she wore things from insects to strange creatures to like the the someone cloaked like women. Death, yeah, women. Someone from the seventies, sixties. You didn't know where where what was going to come next. No, and I think and they did actually make a joke of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and I felt that as well. Jacoba changed her, her accents or her mannerisms just between everything she did. So when she walked mm. out as a different character, it was it could have been a Yorkshire accent. A, accent. A, a, a accent. It could have been a Yorkshire Bond. accent. It could have been a London accent. It was Everything worked. It was different for each character so that you knew it was somebody different walking onto stage, you know. So mm. she must have put a lot of time in when she's getting changed, she's changing into that other character as well in her, in her mind. So mm. that helped a lot. You could see her as being really good as like a Dandini role. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Like she must have done that part. You could also see her quite easily do a one-woman show mm. where she just performs different yeah. characters on stage and you, she could easily change Oh, she could have that. been in um, Pride and Prejudice. But anyway, that's just, she could have been anything at the end of the day. I think for me, the costume-wise, you'd got the nod to the Greek comedy, you've got the, the tunics and the things oh, to actually... Oh, what was good about yeah. that, let me just interrupt here, the fact that the uh, Toby was dressed in his um, Greek costume and he was wearing these like platforms, sandals yeah. on platforms, yeah, and yeah, he was yeah. like trying to get down the stairs. Yeah, they were like concrete uh, slabs on the bottom of his... It was his... hilarious, that was, yeah. But then he, he took them off. To, to have uh, more nimble feet. Yeah, my walking shoes on, which were just plain sandals. But I think it's little things like Ata's dishevelled tunic almost and the bags and things. You felt like he was... And, 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 the, and the mop well, that was well, the goat. Was slave, the mop so that was the, the And the mop that became the donkey yeah. and things like that. And it, it just... Everything felt like... It felt like he was the pack horse. He was carrying all these things mm. across the... You know, his, his reactions... And mannerisms help give you that impression that they were slogging over like mountains yeah. and hills to get to places and stuff like that. And and there was also a lot of musical instruments in this. Well, when I say yes. a lot, there was a guitar, a flute, and a um, a cello, a clarinet, oh clarinet, yeah, bass clarinet. In this production, we had the community cast as well. 
Yeah. They came in to tap dance as frogs in the in the first act, and then um, we didn't really see them again until the very end. No, I think you know it, it was it was kind of funny. They were they were all committed and happy to be part of it. Well, they and, were very happy. They enjoyed the limelight, didn't they? Yeah, and they were all very very silly and played the silly roles as well. You know, each time we see a production and they've got a community cast like in Inspector Calls and The Flood, um, they were a bit not used enough. Whereas yeah. in this, so in this one, I felt like probably they could have done a, a little bit more or they could have had some kind of interpretive dance within like Hades. Like if they had yeah, like another, or, not, not, well, maybe like another costume change suppose, or like or, or frog. It's a little bit like the, the tentacles and stuff. They could have been moved by the community cast rather than. One of the characters yeah, or, or, or on the, stage, the, they or they could you know. have done like some some like um, I don't know Greek wind or some kind of like yeah, shrieking yeah. or something when they were coming out, or, or the, you know there could have been something else maybe. I, I mean, know. yeah, it's things like when you had the big frog, you could have loads of little frogs, and it's all those things you could have you could have played a little bit more maybe with that to okay. to increase the community cast, mm. even even to to the realms of set and prop movement, they could have been involved in that as well. Mm. You know, but bearing in mind, if it is touring, they're not going to take these people along, which they are doing. However, even if they just had some kind of um, choreography in the background, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That, that, you know, maybe I, d- I don't know. It just felt like they were like bookended in a yeah, way. They were there, then they weren't. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. in a way, they were better. They did more than um, Inspector Calls. They didn't just stand there. Yeah, and, they, and then, yeah, you know, at least there was a bit more to it than just, you know. Yeah, let's talk about the big frog. The big frog. No, this was one of the um, things on Ata's list where he's mm. going to have a, a puppet on stage and he's going to he's going to operate it and and he very much did. It was a huge frog's head with uh, with arms and uh, he came out wearing wellies and he he became that big frog. You know, mm. move over Kermit. Yeah. So and you can see the um, spectacle there of having this huge frog, you know, come right at the very end, which I think was rather fitting. Now, when we saw Dick Whittington, they brought out the huge um, king rat at the start, and I think this is how you bring out a creature or something that's yeah, a set be, piece that's, 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 that's big, yeah. quite big, you know, yeah, definitely bring it at the end yeah. so you feel there's a resolve there, yeah. or you feel and, well, like you also feel like more. there's a crescendo at the end rather than mm. using your using your surprise right at the start and then never using it again, you know, and yeah, think that, that that was that was good, yes, it was. So, all in all, the overall piece of it was um, all fitting and put, well put together, yeah, definitely. Moving on to our next segment, as we say, what the tech is this? I mean, lighting-wise, it was done really well. I mean, there's um, there was a few follow spots, there was a few general cover lights. I mean, there was a lot of LEDs hidden in the staircase, and all the areas around those set pieces on stage that just lifted the set. It just made it come alive more than it just being a staircase with no light or no yeah no borders of of color and that just helped change the space and things like that there was a a decent smoke machine that did the job when we i suppose we one of the props we didn't talk about was there was a there was a, a what can only be described as a boat worn by jack jacobert again where it had a little lantern on the front and it mm. looked but it was only half of the boat and it was just yeah. brought on to look like a big a big a big boat had come on 
and because they'd filled it with smoke and everything, it felt like it was floating on water, and I thought that was really good. But also, to add to that, there was a lot of sound effects in this, and there was a lot of recordings, and they were done really well. Even the songs, even though the cast maybe sang the songs on stage, they were reinforced by the same song that they'd sung. So it felt bigger and it felt more of a performance every time they did the songs as well. There was a lot of pre-recorded things. A little bit like the swimming scene where... Oh yeah, when he jumps off. Where Ata jumps off into the pool, into the water, and it's just done by a splash and a gurgle and a and a swim, and then another splash and and. But it was really funny because he was silly doing it as well, so that worked really well. And now it's time for rewind rewatch. I'd watch it all again, to be fair. So I enjoyed it. It was a nice, cosy laugh, and I'd I'd quite happily watch them again. If I was to pick out a particular scene, I think it would be the. Um, the face slapping scene or the spanking scene because that was quite yeah funny. they're both good yeah 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 that was good so to describe that one so jacoba as uh, the maid or the mistress no she was the, the housekeeper or she she played one of those people that were annoyed at dionysus so she was slapping toby yeah and each time she slapped it was a uh, stage slap so ator just clapped his hands and each time it got to the point where he was doing it before she'd even slap him. So then the comedy built up where he then started clapping more and then she just had to keep up with the, the claps just to pretend to smack him. That was that was a, a funny one. And then in the other scene where they were spanking, when she was spanking both of them um, as a form of punishment as to see which one was the better which one was the um, the slave and which one was the master, they both faked it in terms of how much they were in pain. So then yeah. she just ended up being like a free-for-all, just whacking them from left to right constantly with this great big, like a rug beater, and just battered them in, until both of them sort of like weren't affected by it. And yeah, so she totally. just gave up. And those scenes were quite effective and really funny, I thought. Yeah, they were. They were really funny. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that. I did. <laughs> Moving on to our final segment, as we say, call this a show. To sum up this play, I would say it was a very interesting play. It was a, a good take on a Greek play. People should go and see it. I mean, the, the tickets are pretty much cheap, so it's a good night out. It's funny, it's entertaining. And it's also a good way of getting you to be educated, not just about Spy Monkeys and, and the, the comedy and performances that they do and where they come from, but also to learn a bit more about Greek, myth- uh, not necessarily Greek mythology, but the Greek storytelling and where, you know, plays originated from. Yeah, because they, they you know, they, they, they it did feel like it was a, a wandering group of theatre performers that were telling a story. And that, really is how things would have been done if there was no scene set or there was no staging. It would have just been a tale being told to a big group of people watching it. So, you know, I think they pulled it off really well and it felt faithful to the style of production, really, you know. Scores and please, Richard, for Spy Monkeys, The Frogs. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the seat of best frogtastic Greek play at the dinner table of Pluto, and 1 being a performance best kept for Hades in the underworld. What's it going to be? 
I'm going to give this an eight out of ten just because of the hit the ground running side of the of who Spy Monkey were, and that's really the only reason I'm knocking a couple of points off just because of that part of it. Yeah, so I, I think I'll go with eight and a half. So, what sound effect will you be choosing from the following? A complete train wreck, tumbleweed, an audible shrug of the shoulders, uh? a slow clap. A pleasant applause or a standing ovation. What will it be? I'm going to give this a pleasant applause. I'm going to give it a pleasant applause as well. And there we are. So there we are. That's our discussion of Spy Monkeys, The Frogs. We hope you found it insightful. If not, entertaining. Stay tuned as we bring you more of our thoughts and opinions on many theatrical delights in future episodes. If you'd like to get in touch, email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. You can always join in the chat to share with us your views of a production. Also, make sure to follow, share, like and subscribe to all our channels so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. Spy Monkey's tragically funny attempt to pull off Aristophanes. Oh, what was it? Aristophanes. Aristophanes. Spy Monkey's tragically funny attempt to pull off Aristophanes' classic comedy, written by Carl Gross and Spy Monkey's The Frogs, is the result of a long term development between. No. You said Spine Monkeys. Is that not what they call Spy. Spy Monkey. You sound like a Spine Monkeys. No. Spy Monkey's tragically funny attempt to pull off Aristophanes. Aristophanes. Spy Monkey's tragically funny attempt to pull off Aristophanes' classic comedy, written by Carl Gross and Mo- directed by Joyce Henderson and designed by Lucy Bradridge. Bradridge. And designed by Lucy Bradridge with original music by Toby Park. I'll say that again. Directed by Joyce Henderson and designer. And designed by Lucy Bridgrit Bradridge. Directed by jo- Directed by Joyce Henderson and designed and designed by Lucy Bridgrit <laughs> This is nonsense. Absolute nonsense. This isn't like me. This is not like me. Failed. And designed by Lucy Bradridge. Brid <laughs> Breadcrumbs. Bradridge. Brad Ridge. And designed by Lucy Bradridge. With, I best not clip my fingers at the same time I'm saying that. Spy Monkeys Toby Park and Ata Basori. Spy Monkeys Toby Park and Ata Basori. To their rescue rides mega rich philanthropist. To their res- to their rescue rides mega rich philanthropist. To their rescue rides mega rich philanthropist. To their rescue rides mega rich To their rescue rides mega rich philanthropist Patty. Getty. Philanthropist Petty Getty. Petty. Patty. <laughs> but does this beleaguered to their rescue rides mega rich philanthropist uh, a pissed a pissed <laughs> to their rescue rides mega Fil- mega bitch <laughs> mega bitch no mega bitch oh, <laughs> like raster mouse mega bitch philanthropic but does this beleaguered comedy juice hope 
but does this beleaguered but does this beleaguered comment <laughs> you have to be careful with your bees and your peas I know with your patties and your butts get your butt out of it you pop your mic so with all that said no so with all that said so with all that finally said no so with all that said so with all that said are you searching for your applause I live for the applause Go on then. Have you finished making a bloody noise? Look, I'm waiting. <clears throat> Wait for me to spank your monkey. Excuse me. The vodka. It's not this kind. It's not that kind of a podcast. Oh, we're talking about frogs and spy monkeys. Not. Oh, yeah. Not spanking your monkey with your frogs looking. Right then, are we ready? You, 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 vocal warm-ups. Are we ready now? Yeah. Shall I just like read what's in Wikipedia? Yeah. Not something like. Oh yeah. Do it. I'm gonna give this a pleasant applause. 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 What the frog digits? Suckers. I'm going to give it a round of say suckers. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. Don't worry. A ribbit of applause. Scores then, please, Richard, for Spy Monkeys, The Frogs. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the seat of the best. 10 being the seat of best frogtastic. I'm going to have to read this a few times. With 10 being the seat of the best. Fro- with 10 being the seat of the best frogtastic Greek play at the dinner. Per- and 1 being a performance on a scale of 1 to 10. Oh, my phone's gone off. We're getting the anger this now. Anger it. 